Welcome to Diverse Tech Founders, a podcast about the one thing older than capital, people like you and me. Now here's your host, Abraham J. Williamson. Welcome back to the Diverse Tech Founders podcast. I'm your host, Abraham J. Williamson, and this episode will be a bit different for us today and this morning or evening or whenever you're listening to it, because I've got something on my mind I want to share with you all and a new format that's coming for the podcast. So today I want to talk to you all about social capital. Get a lot of questions about what that is, what does it mean? And today I'm going to go through some realizations that I had this week that I have tested in the field with people and tossed it off of them to see if they agree. And I want to share this with you to get your feedback now. So I'm going to talk about social capital, what it is, how to get it, how to identify it. And then at the end, stick around because I'll be letting you know of our new time, our new format as we move through this new season uh, in life and the podcast. So first, social capital. What is it? Think about that for a second for yourself. How do you identify it? I heard something recently that was saying it's sort of like innovation. You know, you can identify it, you know it when you see it, you know when you have found it and want to support it, but you can't really define it. And yet people are backing it left and right. Social capital is sort of similar. So I came up with this framework that I want to share with you all, get your feedback on and see if it's helpful to you. I call it the three eyes. The three eyes of social capital. Number one, introductions. If somebody comes to you and you can't help them, can you introduce them to someone else who can get the job done for them? And some examples of that might be, you know, people coming to you asking for funding. Do you know anybody who's willing to support? Although we'll talk about that in future episodes and later on about what comes before funding. But people ask me as well about technical talent. I need a CTO. I need an entry level developer, UX, UI, front end, back end, full stack. You may also be looking for people to help you close deals on business development. You think about what relationships that you have in in your network. But if you introduce someone to someone else, that's a form of social capital. That's how you build it. That's how you spend it. As a quick story, I when I started, I did not know really anything or anybody related to venture capital at all. If you know my story, you know that I kind of came out of law school and early on kind of got bitten by that startup bug. But it started when I simply connected people who had the same problem. One person had figured it out, the other person had not. And we built a a community, a brand, strictly off the strength of those introductions. And even in my current line of work now, uh, as a tech startup lawyer for Go With Canvas, a lot of the work that we do uh, that's value add comes from those uh, introductions. But what's at stake? You can't just go around introducing everybody and thinking that that's going to sort of by itself build up social capital because your neck is on the line when you introduce somebody. And I'm sure you can relate to moments where you said, hey, I think y'all should talk and it didn't necessarily go that well. So you want to keep that in mind when you think about spending or asking for social capital is, you know, somebody else's neck is on the line, somebody else's name. And as someone was telling me yesterday, you know, you trade on your name, you trade on your reputation. So again, we're talking about social capital today. And what is it? It's the three eyes. The first one being introductions. 
but I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm going to give some uh, suggestions, if you will, about ways that I would go about it and ways that I do go about it. And I have developed (laughs) a process out of necessity because early on I was doing this terribly wrong. I mean, absolutely terribly wrong. I would say, oh, you should meet with this person. Boom, ended up connecting people. They didn't even know that I was making the introduction. That is the wrong way to do it. And I have to shout out James Oliver Jr. for directing me to a better path, a better way of going about this through the venture capitalist Brad Fell. I believe he has an essay on it. And it's having a double opt-in. And what I mean by that is you want to ask both people, hey, do you want to be introduced to this person? And then asking the person you're introducing them to, hey, are you open to this person getting to know you or reaching out? And I found that when you have that double opt-in, yes, it may take a little bit longer, but people are already, they've invested just a little bit into that relationship to where you're more likely to get a response. They're more likely to get uh, interactions. But let's talk more about what that introduction could look like, specifically over email. You can do it over text message. You can do it in person. But over email, I've developed a format that I'd like to share with you all, because I want you, to the extent that you're doing this, to develop your own way of doing it that gets results. And how do you know that you get results? When people tell you that you're doing it well, if people aren't saying, hey, you're really good at introducing people, there's work that you could do. So what is my format? First, I thank each person for connecting, for agreeing to connect. Then I have two paragraphs One, the person I'm introducing, the other person who is sort of receiving that introduction. I say, hey, this is this person. This is what they do. This is why I'm excited about them. And then the last sentence or clause, however you want to word it, is what they're looking for, why they are interested in connecting with you. And it doesn't have to be direct. Hey, they're looking for funding. They're looking to expand their relationships. They're looking to get more feedback. They're looking to grow X department in their company or team. And you do that with both of the people that you're introducing it to. And that on its own would be good. Good. It's better than many of the introductions that I was doing in the beginning or that I have received. For example, people must just say, hey, you do this, you do this, hope you can connect. I invest a little bit more and I feel like that's helpful to both parties involved. The next line down or paragraph, if you will, is Something that I developed because I recognize how difficult it can be when you don't know the other person to build small talk. And if you're an introvert, this might particularly help you. When you're introducing folks to each other, I like to include a sentence in there that identifies things that they have in common. Hey, you're both from this city. You both have ties to this area. You're both HBCU graduates. You both are into music. This person plays the fiddle. This person plays the saxophone or guitar. You know, you're both played the same sports. You're both in the same industry. Whatever you can connect them on, your goal in this introduction isn't just to make the connection, but it's to provide fodder that can serve as a point of departure for people to be able to go in and have a conversation and feel like they've gotten to know someone. Now, a benefit to having this podcast and having so many remarkable guests come on is it's so much easier to introduce them or others to them because I'll include a link to that podcast episode. If you have 
something similar that you can add, just link it in. Not everybody may watch it or listen to it, but I found that many people do because people want to be prepared. No one wants to go in to a conversation cold like that. They want to have something that they can relate to. So my goal is to have uh, sort of the small talk covered or at least give them a, a slight boost for it. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it don't. I'm not in those calls, but it's something that I have done that I think serves itself well. And the last thing is more technical than anything else. I just say, you know, feel free to move me to blind copy as you see fit. Usually they do. Otherwise, you'll you'll be in the loop. And I think that's good, though, that they take you off of it because it allows them to develop an independent rapport separate and apart from you. So that's the first eye of social capital. Introductions, very important, although the latter two, I think, are just as, if not more important. The second is invitations, invitations, inviting somebody in. That's a form of social capital as well. Whether you're inviting somebody to the party, to the dance, to the event, to the club, we all know what it's like for somebody to ask us to come and sit with them. At least I hope that you are. And if not, invite somebody else to come and sit with you. That's a form of social capital. And these aren't new ideas or concepts. These are things that you all experience. But I am hoping that there's a framework that develops so we can have more conversations within our community. And when we're speaking with others and they say, how can I help? You can walk them through your social capital framework. And if they are able to do one of those three, they're giving you or willing to give you social capital. So number two is invitations. What do we mean by that? Things are happening all around us. And when people ask you to join, that's them spending some social capital to invite you there. And similar to introductions, they're putting their neck on the line and hoping that you uh, perform well, I guess, or don't embarrass them when you get there. You can hear the train in the background. I live near a train. I, my grandparents did growing up as well, so I've gotten used to it, but I recognize not everybody has that experience. So that's what you hear in the background. But inviting people to join is huge. And if you're able to do that with others, you're going to be able to build up your own social capital, which is valuable. In fact, we've all probably been to some type of party. I'm not necessarily a partier myself, even though I like going to, to galleries and museums and events and shows and tech events and all of that. When someone can help you get into the room where things are happening, that is huge but they want you to make the most of that experience. They don't want you to be reliant on them or following their coattails everywhere. They want you to respect the space. Maybe we'll have another conversation about that or it will come out in some other interviews about how to, to think about that. But why are invitations so important uh, if maybe no money is necessarily exchanged? It's because people prefer the glory, the support, the celebration. In fact, I remember hearing something just yesterday where someone was referencing Machiavelli, who's this writer from the Renaissance era who used to counsel the Medici family, among others, who is one of the wealthiest families in history. And there's a good show on documentary about it if you're interested. But in it, he says, be liberal with the glory. Keep the money. You take that what you will. I bring that up to just emphasize that people like to feel a sense of significance and inviting people into the party or into the club and actually not them just coming, but also inviting them to the dance floor. These things build social capital. 
So we're talking about social capital today. The first eye was introductions. The second eye was invitations. This third eye, which I personally believe is the one that can give you immense value. And that's insights. It's insights or knowledge. The number one rule for folks who have the information that's valuable is don't lie to people. You want people to share their insights. Now, this perhaps is the most controversial because it is the most expensive form of social capital in some respects. Because if you have uh, some secret knowledge or an edge or something to that effect and you give it to somebody else, there's a chance that they could use it to compete more and better against you. And I think this is at the heart of why social capital is so difficult to build across difference. Because you want to give people who are more familiar to you the edge. You don't necessarily want to leak it out to others who may be able to outcompete you. At least that may be what some people are thinking. But the reality is, is that if you knew seven years ago what you know today, you would save the most valuable asset other, you know, more than money, more than people, as we like to say, the one thing older than capital is people. The one thing older than that, or many things, <laughs> probably older than that, but certainly one of the more significant is time. When you share insights or receive insights, you save people time. That's a form of social capital. So if you're talking to somebody, see if they have some insights they can share. And I don't mean just free advice. I mean, things that you strategically are looking for an issue, a sticking point, and they can give you some insights to relieve that pressure. Insights are super important. And one of the reasons that we started this podcast to see if we could receive them from the guests who come on the show. And I think we unequivocally have. These folks who have come on the podcast have donated their time to this community. They've invited you all to reach out to them to the extent that you are moved by what they say, and they mean it. I ask every single person who comes onto the podcast if they're willing to do that for real, and they say yes. So today we were just talking about social capital. It's sort of a quick, different episode for today, but I wanted to share this with you while it was on my mind, and I wanted documented evidence that this framework is arising out of the Diverse Tech Founders community, and you're a part of that. So if you found this helpful, share it with someone. It's going to be a shorter episode, much easier to consume. If people ask you about social capital, they want to know about it, you want to give it to others, you want to help them to figure out how they can start building relationships, you know, early in the process of them growing their business, Share this episode with them. Get the feedback. I love the feedback that I've been receiving from all of you all. And by the way, in more recent episodes, about 25% of the listenership comes from outside of the United States, which I love because that's one of the changes we'll be making in future weeks. One, we're going to be moving to a weekly podcast. We have been either publishing on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, bi-weekly. Now we're going to a Monday morning format. Every Monday, you're going to hear from me and or guests who come on the podcast. We're not getting rid of the interviews. Those interviews are solid. This is about you all and them. But to the extent that there is some time in between, I'll be coming with similar episodes like this one with insights from the week. Give me feedback. Let me know if you if you like that. Next, 
it doesn't make sense for us to call this the Diverse Tech Founders Podcast if the guests begin to look and feel the same. All of the guests have been phenomenal, although we can't have a podcast with nothing but American startup founders on there. So if you know anybody who's outside the United States who you think would be a good fit, I know that we've been doing it in person here recently, and that will continue. It may be you know, six to 12 months or so before we make moves outside the U.S. and interview founders there, but we're working on it. Send them our way. You can send me a, a DM on LinkedIn at Abraham J. Williamson or Instagram at Diverse Tech Founders or Abraham Will. So those are the new things that are coming, kind of the new format. We are looking into dropping more video as well to the extent that folks are interested in that. So be on the lookout for that. But that's all that I had for you. Let me know your feedback. The reason that we have progressed as much as we have is because people like you who are listening do reach out. They do share what they like about the podcast, what they want to see. We're getting great feedback, but we are not done. We're keeping on going. And that's everything that I have. Thank you for joining. If you're listening to this and you've gotten to this point, please give us a rating on Apple or iTunes. It really does help. I mean, people are seeing our podcast more. In fact, for Spotify, we were ranked in the top 15% of most shared podcasts globally on Spotify. So we appreciate that. Thank you very much. So continue to share so that others can hear this message and grow. Podcasts don't have this organic growth. You're not going to get recommended a podcast really that much on Apple or Spotify. So it's really dependent on people like you sharing it. And I appreciate all of the reviews recently from very specific people in my life and others that I haven't yet met yet. So that's everything that I have. Thank you for listening. This was a shorter episode this week. I hope you found value in it. And we'll be giving you more gems and games that I've learned throughout these interviews. We've almost interviewed 50 tech startup founders and investors and ecosystem builders over the last two years with no plans of slowing down. So with that, I will leave you to the rest of your day. Hope you found this helpful. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Diverse Tech Founders Podcast. I'm Abraham J. Williamson, and we had yet another great guest to pop in. And if you enjoyed today's podcast recording, please give us a rating. You can do it right now on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, and we'll see you next week.